we've been at this inflection point for some time. I think the pandemic, you know, made it very real for all of us. And, and I, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on the last two and a half years and, you know, what have we learned and how are we better? How are we worse? You know, how are we the same? And where I've arrived for myself and I think for many, many other people is that we've realized how little we need and how much we need one another. And so I think, um, there is this beautiful opportunity for us to remember how strong we are and how many choices we have that we can make every single day. And that crack under the door becomes like this big, beautiful open sky, you know, sunshine everywhere that's touching people. Hello, and welcome to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, where you'll hear conversations that generate one aha moment after another for you. There is an enormous wave of goodness and progress all around the world right now that almost none of us know anything about. But we're here to change that. And we're here shining a light on the ingenious people in the world who have insights and innovations that we're not hearing nearly enough about. And the point of this podcast is to share with you the perspectives that can give us all a whole lot of hope and, 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 and um, way less fear. But moreover, what I'm finding in these conversations with thought leaders is that they share with us the skills that they've learned to overcome huge obstacles. In fact, most of them know instantly how to turn an obstacle into an opportunity. And that can help us all make more productive lives for ourselves and, and help, you know, raise our kids with a feeling of potential and get along better in our work circles and our friend circles. Anyway, there's so much to be said for the insights of others. And here on the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast, we're here to share that and celebrate what's right with the world, to quote a fabulous uh, TED Talk title by DeWitt Jones. So that'll be our first link in the show notes there. It turns out that um, a lot of science and a lot of, uh, a lot of good work is being done about how being kind um, is an advantage for everyone. It, it brings something to our lives that sends us soaring and it helps everyone around us. And today we're going to meet Cole Baker Bagwell. Cole is, has become a really good friend of mine in some kind of stressful situations that have come up, which maybe we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about eventually in today's. But mostly, Cole is going to share with you some perspectives that I have just been wowed by. She's a kindness expert that sees so clearly how we can all reach new levels of happiness and personal progress through a commitment to putting kindness first. She sees a new era opening in business and culture and the way we um, run in our circles where it, we can leave everyone better if we put kindness first, period. So Cole, <laughs> this conversation is going to be way more expansive than that, even though that does sound like a lot. I will admit right off that Cole and I spoke yesterday for an hour and a half. We just couldn't stop. <laughs> And um, I tell you, I, I was changed by our conversation, and I know our conversation today, uh, I took careful notes, is going to um, help other people feel the same kind of soaring joy and possibility that I did after talking to you yesterday for our pre-call. So welcome, Cole Baker Bagwell, to the Conspiracy of Goodness podcast. Thank you, Dr. Linda, for having me on. You are an incredible soul, and those kind words, generous words are just, I'm humbled by them. Thank you. I love, I love every second that I get to spend with you because it is a mixture of, you know, realness and this beautiful contemplation about all of the things and, you know, kind of arriving at solutions together and man, that's beautiful. So thanks for having me here with you today. Well, I, um, I've noticed that a lot of the feedback I get about the podcast is um, is so spot on for the the conversation that you and I stumbled on yesterday. This this line of thinking that I'm just going to own it right off. Uh, where we started yesterday and where what we want to bring to you today is a an exercise in a small shift that can make an amazing difference in our lives. Uh, Cole and I both feel like that like the world is just 
has a, there's a crack of light under the door and, and it's just waiting for a few good hearted people to kick the door down and open into a new era. Don't you get the feeling, Cole, that all this stress and the amount of negative noise and all this, the level is, is signaling some kind of change? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we've, we've been at this inflection point for some time. I think the pandemic, you know, made it very real for all of us. And, and I, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on the last two and a half years and, you know, what have we learned and how are we better? How are we worse? You know, how are we the same? And where I've arrived for myself and I think for many, many other people is that we've realized how little we need and how much we need one another. And so I think um, there is this beautiful opportunity for us to remember how strong we are and how many choices we have that we can make every single day. And that crack under the door becomes like this big, beautiful open sky, you know, sunshine everywhere that's touching people, but um, it's going to require a lot of intention. So I think this inflection point um, really underscores that intention and that sort of awareness about where we are is, is going to be the thing that helps make those choices, that sunshine real. Okay. So intention, mindfulness, what we should be doing, all those things keep bubbling up to the surface in our world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And I don't know. I, I have a broken leg, ankle to, to groin cast right now. Um, and what I noticed when I was cobbling through the hospital, we, are, we live in a little farming town in Vermont. <laughs> Everybody that stopped me, most of them have been my patients or they are my patients. Um, they said, oh, goodness, what happened to you? And I tell them a quick story. And then I say, how's your life going? Yeah. <laughs> I got to be prepared for a 20 minute conversation yeah. because almost no one says, oh, terrific. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of complexity happening in almost everyone's lives. Yeah. yeah. So Cole and I start kind of started there because we both had some other complexities in our lives. And you know what we, we arrived at, which I'd like to start right off the top of the conversation with, is that in this world of so many complexities that we can't escape because they're, they're right in our face, they're in our friend group or with, if with our family or right every day with us at work or what have you, um, maybe what we should focus on is not what we should be doing, but what we can do. Yeah. Nobody likes to be shit on. <laughs> And see, when you said it yesterday, I knew this was going to happen today. It's great. Nobody, say it again. Nobody <laughs> likes to be shit on. Nobody likes to be shit on. <laughs> no one you know, when yeah, when, when your brother says, you should, you know, or your, your, your boss said, now you should, or <laughs> whoever you're, oh, your teenager, mom, you should. No. Or we say to everybody else around us, you know, they explain, express a complex problem. And, and our first words are, you should. Yep. Oh, that's maybe they just wanted to be heard out. Maybe they just wanted to vent. We didn't have to fix it. And um, so I hope the rest of this conversation, we can help people, you know, really think about this, the major difference between feeling like you should be kinder, you should go save the world or give more money to every charity that comes along, or you should feed that homeless dog or go work at the food. I mean, there's so many shoulds out there um, versus focusing on what we can do. You know, I'm going to start out by admitting that I try and be tough. I'm from tough stock, you know, stoic people. And I always thought self-care was a little, a little on the soft side for me. <laughs> <laughs> but now that I've had just one horrible thing after another, broken arm, broken leg, four deaths in six months in my family and so forth, whoa, I need some self-care. <laughs> so talk to me about where you're coming at with where you're coming from. When you talk about kindness mm -hmm. and the difference between what we should be doing and doing what we can do, talk to me about how we get kindness into our everyday way of thinking and, and the moments? I love that question. And, and I love that, you know, I'll just go ahead and amplify your message that this is a no 
shit on you zone. Like that's what we're in right now. There's no shoulds that will happen here today. Um, but focusing really on what we can do. So I think it's important for every single person to remember that we are born to be compassionate. We are born to be generous. We are born to work together. And so that is how we are wired from the time that we are babies, you know, when we're brought into this world. So that's amazing. I, I think that we could be teaching that in kindergarten. We could be amplifying that through school and, you know, reminding every single human being of those innate capabilities, because if they remember that, then, and they really believe that, then I think we become, we become that, right? If you're told you're smart, you study harder, you just believe that you can do something. If you are told that, you know, you have a wonderful singing voice, you want to sing from the, from the mountaintops. You know, if you're told that you are a really good chef, you want to cook for everyone. You want to feed people. So I think what we're told becomes our truth, good, bad, everything in between. So I think what we can do as we can remind ourselves that we are born in this beautiful way to be compassionate, generous, and to work together. Um, I think the difference with kindness is, you know, it's very preachy to say you should be kind. It's a parent thing. It's maybe a religious thing. You know, it's a, it's a, um, I know better than you kind of thing is the posture. But saying to somebody you can be, you could be, is a choice for them. And I think that's really where, when we think about kindness or generosity, uh, gratitude, love, you know, showing up with soul. These are all choices that we can make for ourselves if we know how, right? We can make them every single day. So then to me, that becomes so cool that we have this power, this individual power to say, this is what I can do in this moment. Not what somebody else is telling me I should do. My God, we are just overwhelmed with that, I am myself included. Um, but to know that in this moment, in just this one moment, this is what I can do, I think that's pretty cool. I mean, that's that's freedom, right? And it's just amazing, amazing individual power that we have. And I think that's, um, you know, right from the outset here, um, what, what we're probably talking about from the 10,000 foot look is the difference between um, is is the difference between feeling um, overwhelmed because of all the things we are the stories we're telling ourselves and all the things that we're told we should be doing um, we should be eating this way and walking this way and breathing this way Mike <laughs> I mean, whoa there's a lot to do out there and but it's the choice it's the choices when we realize we have them that bring us a, a, a sense of joy and belonging. I, I think it's that notion that, yeah, hey, if you're in a hurry and, uh, okay, let's say, let's say somebody cuts you off in traffic. <laughs> yes. Okay. So you, you, in that moment, you have a choice. So talk to us about how, how we have a choice. In that moment. Okay, so I, I'll just warn everybody who's listening at this moment that you know there may be a something that we mentioned here that might make you uncomfortable, but that's the entire point of this. So, um, one of the things that I used to teach people, still teach people to express this idea of choice that we have to be kind, is using this very example, right? So you're driving down the road. We've all been there, and you know maybe you're in a hurry. Maybe you're just floating down the road to go on vacation. Someone cuts you off. Someone blows the horn. There's some aggressive behavior, seemingly aggressive behavior that you are experiencing. Well, there are a few choices, right? You can lay on the horn. Uh, if they're trying to get over into your lane, you can accelerate and say, oh, you're not getting into my lane, right? And you take the posture. They're not going to run me down. You could make a gesture with your middle finger, which would also be considered not kind, but maybe it's a reflex. You may curse. You could do all of these things. And in that pool of choices, what will happen is you will exacerbate that energy, right? You will ultimately feel, have to carry that stuff around with you and feel that energy as you move through your day. And you will be spreading that on the road to that one driver and then maybe they send it to another and then maybe you're the one driving and cutting somebody else off. So those are all choices you can make, right? That's one bucket of choices. There's another choice that you can make where you could simply say, and, and here comes the kind of gross part folks, where you could say, oh, wow, you know what? 
maybe they have diarrhea. Maybe they're rushing to get to a restroom somewhere. So it's, it's, an, it's, it's a point that we can all understand because we have all been there in that place where you're rushing, rushing, rushing because you have this sort of unpleasant condition. But in that moment of choosing to think maybe they have a reason for showing up the way they are. Yes. We are now extending compassion. We are keeping our hands on the wheel. We're giving them a motion or flicking the lights. Come on, get in front of me. It's all good. And then maybe that energy is what the next person takes because they think, well, somebody didn't blow the horn at me. They didn't curse at me. They didn't give me the middle finger. But what they did was they let me in. And what I really needed was just, you know, a little break today. So that's an example of like a choice we can make. But it sounds small, but that mindset man, it just changes everything, everything. And I, I am a little embarrassed to say that I have clients who now remember that, <laughs> that, you know, maybe they have diarrhea kind of mindset, but whatever it takes. I mean, if that's what it takes to sort of chuckle a little bit and, and take the kind choice, then okay, so be it. I'll own, I'll own diarrhea. That's fine. No worries. <laughs> okay. Okay. But it's so true because, you know, we've all had those moments. Uh, this is what I love about this little chunk of conversation is that we are talking about stuff that right now that every single human being who's listening to this podcast can empathize with. We've all had that moment and we've all had the, the moments when we made, made the negative choice. And then we came into work and we told everybody at work what happened. Yep. And, and then it just stuck with, like you're saying it, it sticks with us the whole day. Yeah. So, but think about it the other way, you know, like if you can, you have this great little expression about how you flip, flip the perception in the moment yep. about breathing. What do you say? You take three, you're going to breathe anyway. Yeah. You're going to breathe anyway. You know, we're taking 25,000 or so breaths a day. So we're already breathing. So why not take your mind there for three, just three breaths. You know, you're driving down the road, they cut you off instead of, you know, just resist the urge to do any of the unkind things and take three of those 25,000 breaths and make them really count. You're doing it anyway. You're going to be breathing anyway. So why not breathe in with a little compassion, you know, create a little compassion for yourself and then be able to extend that kindness out to someone. Choice. It's a choice. I mean, and this is so, what I talk about a lot with, with uh, thought leaders is the stories we're telling ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the story that the news is telling us about the world and each other is just mortifyingly limited. Yeah, you know, We only hear about the, the craziest person of the day, yeah. the worst thing of the day, but we're not hearing about the 175,000 planes that landed just right that yeah. day. We're only hearing about the one that blew a tire, right? Yeah. Um, so it's it's a moment like let, let's stay with the analogy of the somebody cuts us off in traffic it there's a moment there when we get a choice to tell ourselves a story because we really don't know what's happening in that other car no no so we can just tell ourselves that they're mean or hateful people or that they're drunk or high or whatever uh, uh, but like we can choose what story we tell ourselves i love the diarrhea story <laughs> well i mean listen you could say like maybe they're having a baby but if you've never had a baby or you know, if you're uh, identify as male and you're not able to have a baby, then you have no idea. There's no relative point there, right? But we all know about diarrhea. I mean, we don't get it, but we do. So let's pick the thing, like one thing we can all relate to, and let's just be real about it. And let's yeah. and let's use that moment to to write a different story. And you then know? and then that and that continues throughout our day. That that funny. Yeah that we bring into it or that little bit of joy. And maybe we let the next two people that were in a hurry cut in in front of us even to expand that feeling because that's one of the points that I love about your work is that you're so good about making it as much about ourselves as it is about others. Do you have any science about this? Like, is there science about how kindness affects us as well as the person that we're extending it to? Oh my gosh, there's so much science, right? And there's so much science. So kindness is contagious. Um, I'm literally contagious. We, we don't want to talk about contagious things right now after the last two and a half years, but hey, man, if something's going to be contagious, it, let's, let's use kindness. Um, love is also another one of those contagions. So I'm cool with that, having a you know, contagious effect of love. Um, so yes, it, so what happens is that um, when we are kind, when we are kind, we, we have sort of 
I'm trying to explain this in the simplest way because I'm a huge like neuroscience nerd is what people also need to know. Um, there are basically two switches we can flip. You know, we have an autonomic nervous system that controls all sorts of involuntary function. Um, the two different sides, the sympathetic side, the parasympathetic side, they create different types of hormones that race through our body. So in this example of driving down the road, this person cuts us off and we get really upset, really stressed out, just cursing and doing all the unkind things. What we're getting is a flood of adrenaline and a flood of cortisol to the system. So it's kind of feeding the cycle of feeling uptight, feeling stressed out, feeling angry. Um, by contrast, the parasympathetic side of the nervous system is, you know, we remember it as the peaceful side. It is the side that, you know, is sending dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin through our systems. And those are all the things that make us, you know, feel good. Like when we laugh, when we're hugging, like when we're, when we belong, when we're in company and we feel groovy, that's all the good stuff. So when we show ourselves kindness, you, you mentioned self-care earlier. I think it's so interesting that in particular as women, you know, we are raised that we have to be stronger. We have to be tougher. We put ourselves second, rarely first, and unless we're lucky enough to be married to people like we are, right, who say, no, you do come first. I love you. We're, you know, I put you here first. You deserve to be first. But we're not really taught that narrative as we're growing up, uh, especially if we're in business. It's got to be tough. You got to be strong. You got to be smarter. All of these things. Don't show your emotion. Don't break down. And for God's sakes, like keep working 60 to 70 hours a week because that's what it's going to take to get ahead. So who has time to think about being kind? I mean, we're, it's so backwards, Dr. Linda, like in our society that we believe if we sit down and rest, literally just sit, no book, no phone, no music. We're just being, we're just resting that somehow we're wasting time. But actually that's an act of kindness. We're giving ourselves space to make those 25,000 breaths count. We're giving ourselves a space to reflect to tap in, like, how am I in this moment? And we are actually healing ourselves, which is beautiful. And then when we are recharged by resting, by giving ourselves kind acts, so whether it is, um, you know, I'm going to make a beautiful bowl of soup instead of shoving a, you know, burger in my face that I get down the road because that's the time I have today. I don't have any time to eat well. Yeah. Um, or maybe it is, I, um, I see someone calling me who's super toxic and I know in this moment, I don't have the energy to share. I need to harvest it for myself. See, some people would call that selfish, but that's actually kind. When we do those things, we're actually recharging our own battery. So then we're going to be more able to go out and share that ethos, that vibe with the next person. And then it continues on, right? It's this contagion. It's this, a lot of studies have been done around like kind acts, people doing kind acts at work. This, you know, I'm gonna buy you a coffee or hold the door, say something to you that is flattering, you know, offer you, offer you a compliment, even something that small makes us feel really good. Giving makes us feel really good. So imagine if in this moment, these moments that we have of choice that we choose to say, I'm gonna leave that person a little bit better, just a little bit better than they were, right? Because I'm equipped, I've been kind to myself today and I'm equipped and ready to tap into that innate goodness and and do that. And then they say, whoa, I just, somebody saw me, you know, there was this big thing a few years ago, pay it forward. Remember like a drive-through, like you're cruising through the drive-through, getting a milkshake and you say, Hey, I want to pay for the car behind me. I don't care what they're getting. Just tell me what the bill is. I'm going to pay for them. Maybe it was $2, maybe it was 50, whatever it is. And you pay for them. And that person comes up and they say, Oh, your food's been paid for by the car in front of you. The natural instinct that comes out of that next person that you paid for is well, I want to do that. I want to go pay for somebody. So it's this beautiful, beautiful, like chain reaction that happens, right? It's great. This is, this is the essence of, of how important it is to just do what you can do. Yeah. I'm running around feeling like we should do a bunch of stuff to save the planet or the person or the whatever, but just do what you can do like that. Like, uh, like the small things. I got to share a quick story with you. Um, so with my broken leg and my joint cast, it's 
incredibly hard to get it in and out of a car, but I needed to get a bunch of stuff. And so I ran into a quick stop because I knew I could, they were the kind of things you could get at a grocery store, but I'd have to walk through the whole thing. So I go into a quick stop and I'm carrying all this stuff with my one arm because I'm on one crutch. And this poor guy, he was a mountain of a man, very, very frightening looking to most people. And he looks at me and he goes, how can I help? Wow. <laughs> he came around a corner and we almost smashed into each other. And his immediate reaction, looking at me struggling was, how can I help? And it was such a moment. I can't even tell you. And, and I'm like, well, uh, you know, and first of all, I wanted to say, no, no, I got this. <laughs> that was what I started out saying. So first of all, we all got to stop doing that. Yeah. Right. Cause if someone offers to help, we should, that's part of the whole cycle. Right. Yeah. Okay, so he helps me get my stuff up to the counter, and then then he then he helps me get out to the car. It turns out I'm I'm parking only for a short while. My little uh, handicap parking sticker is only good for two months. Um, I'm parking in a handicap parking lot, but the guy next to me is parked so close in that stripy part that I can't get my door all the way open with my long leg unable to bend it. I can't get in. So I goes, oh, oh, I'll go find out whose car that is. So he goes in and he brings out this woman and she looks at me with this giant big thing on my leg. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And she realized in that moment, I could tell that she realized what that stripy part is all about in the handicapped parking spaces. I wouldn't have known that. Just, just three months ago, I would be like, why do they have to have so much room? Um, but then she had this moment of joy where she was feeling like, oh, I'll hurry, I'll hurry. And she she wasn't finished shopping. So she just moved her car and she was so lovely and smiled. And then he helped me in and it was like three people got to commune over the darndest ordinary everyday little circumstance. Hmm. What if we all looked, sought those, those moments? Yeah, it's massive. It's massive. I, I mean, that story is an extraordinary example, right? Um, I love that you amplify that through your work at the Goodness Exchange as well. I mean, it's, gosh, it's so necessary. I was, I, I've had, I've had in the last couple of months, at least six conversations with people, like really big ones about the systems, you know, and they've called me up and there's, their question is largely the same, Cole, how do we stay hopeful and how do we change the world, right? With so much going on, with so many big problems and systems that are broken, whether it's government or corporate or, you know, our value systems are everything. I mean, it's, and we're so connected now globally that there is really this big impact for so many folks. And um, so my answer has largely been the same, right? Because if we, if we took any one of those systems, let's just take the United States government, talk about them for a minute. Um, if we think about all of the dysfunction within the government, if we think about all of the, you know, the inability for them to actually, legislators to actually do their job, to make progress, we just think about our government, and there are so many other governments out there in the world, right, but just think about this one for a minute. If we really think about the entire system, it almost seems hopeless, like how in the world could I, Cole Baker Bagwell, or you, Dr. Linda, begin to have any influence on the government? How could we do it? So I, my answer has largely been the same to these folks. You know, we've talked about the war in Ukraine. We've talked about poverty. We've talked about homelessness and, how, you know, how outrageous it is that anyone in our world should be without a home. Um, I learned this interesting stat that I wrote down to share with you that the 26 wealthiest people in the world have the same wealth as the as 3.8 billion of the poorest people in the world. So when we think about that and we think about numbers like that, it's like almost we almost become paralyzed. I can't change it. I can't do it. So I'm just gonna keep my head down, go in my shell, and like keep sort of paddling along. But the reality is that if we, and here was my answer to them, what if we woke up in the morning, every single one of us, because we can, and we said, Today, I'm going to do my human best, knowing that I'm probably going to screw up a lot because I'm human, right? That's how it works. But I'm going to do my human best to leave every person I encounter in every situation I encounter just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. What if every single one of us, hell, what if half of the 7.8 billion of us made that commitment? Let's take it down a notch. What if just the world leaders of the big, you know, the big countries or the small countries said that? 
What if they sat down, you know, the UN folks sat down together and they started with that, that one commitment. Before we start our meeting today, members of the UN, I will ask that we all make the commitment to leave one another a little bit better, better to work to that end that we collectively can leave the world a bit better. Now we can begin to understand how the systems that are so massive and so seemingly hard to influence, how we can actually begin to make these like cosmic shifts that would better humanity, that would you know, heal the planet, that would benefit every being. It's that one thing that we can do, that one commitment that we can make. So I, you know, I just, I don't know, I think that's pretty darn empowering. Don't it you? It is. And, and what I loved about that, uh, about that statement that you just made, and, and you made another one that I want you to comment on yesterday that's in that same light. What I love about that is how empowering it is in the face of all this gigantic negativity that we arguably can't do anything about. Right. right. Okay. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, um, Cole's going to share a bunch of practical things that we can do every day to really put some of this stuff that we're talking about in action, in, in, in simple little adjustments of choice. So let's take a break. Dr. Linda here. If you are hoping that the world is a lot better than what we see on the news and social media, and if you've been overwhelmed by the misery and negativity coming from the screens in your life, I've got a wonderful connection for you. What I've learned after almost a decade of curating the internet for insight and innovation is that there is an enormous wave of goodness and progress well underway in the world that almost no one knows about yet. And that's what led me to create this podcast. And then I co-founded the Goodness Exchange. The Goodness Exchange is an amazing place on the internet now where you can enjoy unlimited access to hundreds of articles that give you a more complete, positive perspective about the state of the world. You can listen to exclusive bonus content from this podcast with our guests who are knee-deep in solving some of the world's most vexing problems, and yet they still think the future is bright. We need to know what they know. And at the Goodness Exchange, you can explore a feed of exclusively good news and recommended other kinds of content created by the Goodness Exchange community. No one with good ideas and good intentions need feel alone again. You are right to hold out hope for humanity. Millions of people are out there creating a better world, and we have created a gathering place for all that wonder. Who knows what's possible now that there's a place on the internet created to bring out our best impulses and our collective genius. To explore the home for goodness on the internet, visit goodness-exchange.com backslash membership. Thanks. Okay, we're back. Uh, Cole Baker Bagwell is one of the most amazing people that I've talked to about the empowering aspect of being kind, of leaving situations better than you found them, in, in even the smallest of ways. So, um, Cole, you you talked yes, you said something yesterday. I'd like you to comment on. You said at the end of the day. Of, of, let me start again. <laughs> at the end of the day. We have to want something better for each other. Yeah. I mean, that was the essence of the three of us in the quick stop. Yeah. You know, I, I could see that they wanted to help. So why, why would I deny that? And they wanted to help and everybody, I wonder, I think we all, all three came away feeling like, oh, that was a nice little moment. Yeah. So how do we how do we ingrain that in our mindsets so that in the moments of stress or when moments where we have a choice, mm -hmm. We can have the sense that we want something better for each other. Okay, so um, a couple of sort of parts to that answer. First of all, we have to remember we have to remember who we are and how we're born. We're yeah. born with these amazing, perfect capabilities to be again generous, collaborative, and compassionate. Those three things, every single one of us. Um, all of the rest of the things that transpire in our life are the experiences, you know, um, they, the environments that we find ourselves in, they can either amplify or sort of chip away at those innate sort of qualities that we have. Um, but then we still have choice, which is, which is really cool to understand. I think you and I were talking about 
how, and, and this is really important, I think, for everybody to acknowledge, that you and I could stand on, you know, a busy street corner in Manhattan. Maybe we're going to play. Maybe we're going to like um, grab a like lovely dinner together. And there's an accident in front of us. There is a, a person, you know, driving down the street. And all of a sudden, you and I are standing there. And we see the car flip over, and the police come and they ask you and I, who saw the exact same thing, what happened. Well, my experience, I haven't been in a car that flipped upside down. So I would say, oh, man, it was crazy. This We're standing there and all of a sudden, like, this car flipped upside down. But the greatest thing is the driver got out and he was like, I'm okay. I'm all good. Like, game on. You might be asked the same question, Dr. Linda, what happened? Like, what did you see? But because you've recently been in a car accident where like you were literally driving the farm vehicle and it flipped over on you and you had this terrifying moment of, am I gonna survive? Am I gonna be okay? Am I gonna break my neck? Like what's gonna happen? You might say, oh my God, it was the worst thing ever. This car flipped over on the street and like the guy almost died. I mean, we didn't know if he was gonna make it and it was just horrifying. And you know, I saw blood on the windshield. So we have the same capacities that we're born with, but our experiences have been different. So I think as we consider all of the things that are going on in the world and the way that we are responding individually, we will respond individually because of the experiences that we've all had. So first of all, we need to give each other a break, I think, and, and just acknowledge your experience, Dr. Linda, is different from mine. Right, it's just, we have so many commonalities. In fact, we're all like 99% the same, I think is the stat I read. But our experience, that 1% is significant. So if we can just pause and remember that when we hit points of conflict, when we hit, you know, we experience a driver on the road or, you know, our COVID, due to COVID, our interpersonal skills have kind of gotten a little rusty, you know, walking through the grocery store. And I'm realizing that people like literally will put their cart in the middle of the aisle because they're looking for something on the shelf. They don't even know that there are other people. I, I looked a couple of weeks ago and there was like a, a train of elderly people because it was a Tuesday and that was like the day they shop. They're just waiting for this one like 30 something year old person to move their cart. And they're like in the what do you call them? They're not wheelchairs, but like the little scooter things. So that awareness, that awareness that there are other people in the world and our experiences are different. We have to start right there. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing that we can do. We can do that. And we have this tendency because I, I would, um, I would say it's because of the way the negative news is so relentless. Mm. We have tendency to jump to the conclusion immediately that everything that goes wrong is somebody's bad intention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just could be plain old thoughtlessness. It yeah. could be that she, it's her first day without a cast on her broken leg and she couldn't move very far, very fast. So she just didn't think about leaving her grocery cart in the middle of the, yeah. you know, could like in, instead of jumping to conclusions that everything that doesn't go our way involves somebody with bad intention, yeah. Again, there's a choice in framing up that moment. Yeah. Let's talk about the media for a second, because I think this is really important. Okay. Um, I, have, I have an analogy that I hope will serve people well, that will leave them a little bit better today. You know, we think about uh, all the news. You've mentioned it now three or four times. And the, again, this is why I love what you do so much with the Goodness Exchange, because there's so much amazing stuff happening in this world. I'm not minimizing the amount of suffering, the amount of tragedy, um, you know, the unspeakable acts that happen to human beings and, you know, the ways that we are damaging the planet. I am totally aware of all of it. Um, but the media, we have to remember mainstream media is a business. Social media is a business. And so the way that they make money in every case is on TV, it's by people tuning in, watching. On social media, it's by people staying on, engaging. And so we know, sadly, that fear, anxiety, um, drama-inducing sort of events, mentions, oddly enough, it keeps us engaged, which is weird because we're born in this way to be compassionate and generous and work together. But the drama, maybe it's because it's so unnatural for us, it, it keeps us like kind of hooked. So I think we have to remember, like, this is a business, right? I can still stay informed 
and consume news, maybe I'm going to start my day by choosing three news sources that I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to read. Maybe one of them is the goodness exchange. I'm going to remind myself of the good, good stuff that's going on. Those choices would be what I call the blanket choice. You know, wrapping you up in the blanket, right? By contrast, I could say, I'm going to start my day um, tuning into Twitter and all the ruckus that's going on in the world. I'm going to flip on CNN or Fox or whatever you're watching, right? And I'm going to just get sucked into that. And I'm going to believe that everything is falling to hell in a handbasket, cactus. So we have a choice about how we engage in every moment of our day, how we start, how we engage in every moment, how we end the day. We can do that. We can make that choice. Do we start with the goodness exchange in the morning? Blanket? Feeding like the good vibes of the nervous system, getting the dopamine, the serotonin, the oxytocin flowing so we have greater capacity to be kind, to leave other people better? Or do we start with cactus? Laying your body right on top of a giant cactus in the middle of like the desert. You know, there it is. You just throw yourself across it. Would you do that? Most people would not. But that's in essence what we're doing through those choices that we're making that are different from watching the goodness exchange, for instance, and reading your good vibe stuff or listening to an awesome podcast or um, deliberately finding a reason to be happy in the morning, right? So that's another thing that we can do. How are we choosing the moments of our day? So this is uh, this, this choice, blanket cactus. If yes. people go away today and remember only one analogy, yeah. <laughs> other than our diarrhea and, and <laughs> analogy, which will be hard to remove from our, our memory bags, but I, uh, but the cactus blanket um, choice that we have, waking up in the morning and deciding to start with cactus or start with blanket, yeah. this, this is about as simple a, a tool, an everyday tool that is as bad as empowering as you could possibly give us. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. And, and I mean, you know, think about that, like the, the, the feeling of that, I mean, just take a minute and think about how it feel, how it would feel to throw your physical body on top of a big prickly cactus, or how it would feel to wrap yourself in like one of those really squishy like Sherpa blankets. How would that feel or a cashmere or whatever nice cotton blanket, whatever you have. The difference in that feeling is going to, it, that's what's gonna fuel you in every single moment. And it sounds so small, but man, it's so important it's so important because going back to our experiences being different, that feeling begins to inform our reality. And our, the way we perceive the world is the way we engage with the world. So yeah. if we believe that we can make change and we actually can, if we believe that we can, we will. If we believe we are hopeless, we will stay hopeless. You know, if we believe that what we do never matters, we'll never try. So it's, it's, it's that cactus blanket thing becomes like super important as we move through life. Um, as we wrap up here, um, people are going to hear some construction noise in the background in my cabin. So, you know, this is real. Thank you for Bye. your patience through that because I'm not going to wrap this up without, um, uh, without expanding on this like we did a little bit yesterday. I'm going to have Cole go through some scenarios, blanket, cactus, as related to the people in our lives. Remember, we had that little bit of our conversation about um, about how we deal with the it, the power of choice and Viktor Frankl's, you know, man's search for meaning concept about how we choose the the way we are present in every moment. Um, we talked about the blowhard boss or the crappy job. Talk, talk to me about how we have the choice to change these narratives in our brain and go forward every day. I'm going to give you a really real life example. So a few years ago, I was, I was working still in corporate America, working for a big company. And um, I, I had just started working with uh, taking on some responsibility of these new accounts that I was a strategist for. And I, I had never met this one woman that I was going to be working with on the team. We were brand new to each other. And the first time I met her, <clears throat> she literally, her veins were bulging in her neck. She, her, she had like a hard number 11 between her eyebrows. I mean, I know I have a little bit of one because I'm in the sun a lot, but hers was like hard number 11, like real deep, inches deep. Um, and she looked so tired. 
And the minute she started walking toward me, I could feel the energy. I could, I could just vibe it. I was like, oh gosh, here we go. You know, breathe, breathe, breathe. And she started laying into me, Dr. Linda. She, for no reason, she had no idea who I was. And I looked at her after probably two or three minutes, it seemed like it was an hour of her just raging. Just raging. And I said, wow, I'm sorry, you're so angry. I wish I could take that away from you. Well, in that moment, it made her more angry. Because she's like, right. you know, this person says, call me out because I, yes, I'm angry. And she's figured it out, right? I told her, I said, I hope you feel better and I will wrap you with love for the rest of the day. And I walked away. Now I walked away and I started crying my eyes out because I was so stunned and hurt by the way she showed up. I was really hurt for her because I knew she had to really be suffering to show up this way. So flash forward like four months after that, we were at an, another event together and I happened to be running this event and I knew she was going to be there. So I had a choice to make. I could bristle and fold my arms and say, man, the last experience I had with this person was so awful. She was terrible. She was mean. She was angry. I cried because it was real. I experienced all of those things. Or I could say to myself, let's start over today. So I walked up to her, big smile on my face, and I opened my arms up and I brought her in close. And I'm a hugger. I brought her in really close. And I said, I am so happy to see you today. We're going to have an awesome event, you and me together. We're going to do this thing and it's going to be amazing because we're both here and we've invited all these people to come and man, you're so smart and I can't wait to see what sort of magic we make. And she smiled and she started crying Oh my God. and she hugged me back and, and the event was fantastic. Like it was amazing. Just, we, we had so much fun that day and it, it created this beautiful working relationship that we had. And she, two months or three months after that, we had dinner and she said, I want to apologize to you. And it was water under the bridge for me because now I'd had this great experience with her, right? She said, I was really unfair and I'm so sorry. I said, it's okay. She said, my mother had just died that day that I met you. So that's one example, right? We have a point of choice every single day like that. And I, man, I make a million mistakes every single day and I'll make a million and one more. But I've learned that to me, the times where I have gotten that right, and I, I fail a lot like everyone else, but in those moments where I really get that right, it's the thing that makes the biggest difference because it, it creates you know, a whole new dynamic, gives people a chance to show up and be understood. And you know, so I, I think it's little simple examples like that. And, and we hit those points of conflict every day, whether we're on the road, in our family, talking with friends, you know, now we have you know, different opinions about um, policy, you know, that's okay. That's okay. We can have different opinions, different perspectives, because we do have different experiences. But how, how can we in those moments still show up and engage with one another and leave one another better? So yes. it's important. That is such a great, a great story of the kind of things. Um, I'll, I'll, I would guess most of us face at least one example of what you, the little story you just told almost every day, if not every other day, whether it's our teenager or yeah. our coworker or our crabby boss, you know, there's something I heard, I read the other day, um, science wise, um, uh, about being cortisol crabby. Oh yeah. For this? Yeah. yeah. Cortisol, which is the um, the big stress hormone that gets triggered every time we treat the world like there's a saber-toothed tiger out there. And of course, <laughs> cortisol kept us, was a hormone that was very useful back in the in the Stone Age, kept us away from the, the uh, saber-toothed tigers, but we don't have those anymore. And so when cortisol floods our, our, our body, um, it makes us extra crabby. And if you know someone who has a lot of uh, days where they're <laughs> less than their best selves you know it could be that they're under so much stress that you're unaware of yeah totally I mean it totally is true and not only that but the other thing about cortisol so you know I use this example and we'll go back to the car like if a car flipped on top of you you want that cortisol and adrenaline to kick in so you can get out right it's our right. fight or flight we are programmed that way and it's amazing um, that we are but most situations in our life are not that dramatic and so but because of the amount of the choices that we're making, the things we can control, even though the world is spinning around us as it is, um, those choices that we're making, 
or failing to make for ourselves. When we keep those cortisol levels high, we are now suffering like epic rates of um, hypertension, heart attacks. Like we're hearing about, you know, 30 something year old people like literally just standing up and dropping dead because it's too much. It's, it's maxed out the system. You know, people are, are gaining weight, getting diabetes, like all of these things, not, not that they are entirely contributing, you know, uh, due to cortisol, but it certainly is a huge contributor, certainly a contributor to workplace burnout, to the anxiety that we feel, to the depression that we feel like we're not factory equipped to have those levels being high, right? They're meant to be a quick rush to keep us safe. We're meant to have, we're meant to enjoy, you know, and, and at least travel through life with a lot more ease. So I, I think that that is something to remember that it's not just about making a choice because, well, this is, I need to leave somebody else better or I can leave someone else better, but it goes back to what you asked me at the very beginning. What are the benefits of being kind to yourself, of making these choices for yourself, what you can do? It's because that is the way that you keep yourself healthy, happy, sleeping, you know, laughing, um, being able to function at a very high cognitive level. All of these things are really important. And kindness is, is one of those things that we need um, for ourselves and, and for others that can help magnify the good stuff. So, um, you know, talk to us a little bit more before we close here about, you know, your expertise is in the corporate world. You're, you're, you have the Kindness Corporation, which um, you and a great uh, business partner, Magnus, are trying to bring kindness to, to corporate cultures and the magnitude of change and improvement and um, workforce retention and productivity. I'm sure it's just like mind-blowingly obvious that everyone should be doing this. Talk to me a little bit about that before we close today. Yeah, so... So I, I, it's, it's an opportunity for people. It's something we can do in the workplace. It's an opportunity for every CEO, for every founder, for every you know, VC investor. Um, it, is, it is something we can do. I, I heard this great quote. I was having a conversation with a fellow who, the CEO of Zen Internet today, uh, Richard, and he, he's just incredible, like an incredible human in so many ways. And we were talking and um, I asked him, I said, he started his company in 1995 with a commitment to happy customers, happy employees, you know, happiness, right? And he made the decision that he would never go public because he always wanted to make sure that he preserved sort of the, the sanctity of, of what he had created. And, and I said, what was the hardest part for you? You know, with Zen Internet, I mean, the Internet business is not kind. You and I both know this, like anybody using the internet, they're like trying to squeeze you for every second, you know, every penny that you've got. And yeah. I said, what was that like being a pioneer in, in that field for you? And he said, you know, I'll tell you this. He said, a, a lot of CEOs will come to me and say, well, you know, how did you choose between being kind or, you know, and committing to that or making profit, you know, being profitable? And he said, that dilemma does not exist, which I love. The dilemma does not exist. And, and I said, tell me more. And he said, well, for me, my body of proof is that when you are kind, when you have hold to this ethos, and now you're attracting, right, back to energy, attracting these people who are also kind, and that is the culture within your walls, that is the way that you meet one another, even during times of conflict, kind first, leaving each other better. Then we're taking that out to our customers. Now we're a magnet for other customers. We're letting that that ethos guide our business decisions. He gave this great example of um, when the internet companies were saying unlimited data, you know, and it wasn't unlimited. The small print said, you know, unlimited to uh, 10 gigabytes. And then after that, we're gonna charge you for, well, that's not unlimited. He said, I lost a lot of market share because I never claimed unlimited data. We said 50 gigs of data is the most you can buy. We're gonna charge you for it. And he said, but it all came back to me because we were transparent, you know, our customers knew what to expect. So the dilemma between being kind and profitable does not exist. So I love that. I had my aha moment with him today. I was like, wow, how beautiful to hear that. So I think, especially now, as we're looking at how the tables have turned with respect to work, you know, employees are, are in charge for the first time. They are able to say, this is the type of company I want to work for. 
This is what I will and will not tolerate. I want to be paid what I am worth. I am willing to do the work, but I want to be valued. I want to work for a company that has positive social impact because I've realized like if I have a million dollars that I make in my, you know, the next 10 years of my life, like I don't really need it. So I, I want to kind of stand for something more. This is, this is where we are with respect to work. And so people can choose to hold on to the old profit, you know, above all else sort of mentality, or they can understand as Richard so eloquently said, the dilemma does not exist. It's in fact, you will be, in my experience of doing business when I was actually doing business in the corporate world, different from the business I do now. I realized that if I showed up and I was kind, if I gave other people the space to show up and unfold and kind of be their best, everything else worked itself out. We solved the business puzzles, we created the new thing, we, the revenue came in, we created the partnerships, right, that were longstanding. The dilemma does not exist. Thank you, Richard, for those wise words. So um, yeah, I mean, we're just in this really exciting time, right? And the workplace matters because we spend over 92,000 hours of our life at work. And so it matters. It begins to impact how we feel about ourselves. You know, now it's in our homes. You know, we can't get away from it because of where we are. Um, it affects our families, our relationships, our whole being. So Magnus Wood and I figured like this was the most logical place to go. Let's, let's go to the root of the tree and take some kindness there and um, teach people how to develop the competency, teach them what it means to be kind. And let's put that into motion and at grand scales and like, let's see how that can change the world. That's our big dream. This is a dream. I, I've got goosebumps. This is this is the dream. This is um, a, a, a leading that could lead to endless possibilities. I mean, we've tried it the crabby way. <laughs> we've yeah. tried it the short-tempered way. We've tried it the sensitive way. The the what way by leading with our egos, by being afraid of each other. We've <laughs> so fragile. We've definitely tried it the cactus way. Yeah, we've tried the cactus way. We've got to try um, to create our business lives and our home lives um, with the blanket mentality versus the cactus mentality. And I think I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your insights with us today. I, I can tell by our conversation today and the one we had yesterday, there are endless possibilities um, for you and I to bring some of the things that we're learning from all the insightful people that we talk to, to everyone via this podcast. So thank you so, so much. Where can people connect with you in your work, Cole? Oh, thank you. Oh, firstly, you know what? Thank you, Dr. Linda, for being my friend, for having me on, for all of the important work you're doing, you know, and you were, you were doing it long before a lot of us uh, with the Goodness Exchange and even before in, in V1 of that effort. So thank you so much. It's so important. Keep going. Um, People can find me on LinkedIn, Cole Baker Bagwell. You know, my name's like a law firm. They can also find me at thekindnesscorporation.com. That's our website. And we would love, love, love to hear from, from everyone and love for them to be a part of um, working kind. So follow the hashtag, hashtag work kind. If kindness at work means something to you, if you want to create kinder workplaces, like that's one thing you can do, add it to your signature. Um, and then mainly to just remember that you can make a choice in every single moment. So even if you don't connect with us, remember that. And you can leave people in situations better. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And, and, you know, in that itself goes out in ripples. This is the original name um, of the goodness exchange was ever widening circles. And that's because that vision of possibility was so important to me when I started this whole endeavor in 2014. And I think when I do run across um, great thought leaders like you, um, it's that I'm recognizing you have this, this, um, this beautiful insight that if it only was amplified by other people taking up the sword, um, you know, we could solve a lot of the the complexities in our world. And at the very least, we've all got choices, like you said, every day that we can we can start there. We can't fix, we can't fix much out there, but we can start with the choices we make. Absolutely we can. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. 
All right. Well, uh, you know, for more information about this, we're going this this uh, podcast episode will be an article at the Goodness Exchange. It's our Wednesday articles, and uh, there'll be a lot more. Every, anything that Cole and I mentioned as far as outside resources and things, and um, she will send me the links to her work and places where you can access that. And we, uh, I hope uh, Cole, you'll send me a few links to books that you recommend. I know that this is one of the great ways that we can expand possibility for people is to share the things we stumble on that are like oh my god this is indispensable addition to my life so please do that for us um, and remember to to join us at the goodness exchange you can support goodness in the world and every day make accessing that a habit i don't think that that we can trust the internet to serve us goodness and positivity and insight on its own we're going to have to teach the algorithms that that's what we want in our lives and you can start by accessing that everything that's um that's going uncelebrated in the world at the goodness exchange and i hope all these connections to goodness and progress help you through your week and you start finding all the joy and wonder that cole and i have been talking about thank you